Hey everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Kevin Ham, and with me today is the very wonderful and lovely Marnie Banks. Hello. And um, so Marnie, actually, I'm glad you did the show. I'm so happy that you're here. It's it's very cool. And once again, people at home, I'm brain dead. Um, I met you, I guess it's been five years. Was it 2006 or seven? Oh, it hasn't been that long. Really? It hasn't been that long. It can't be. Didn't we? Uh, well, we met on Twitter. We first met on Twitter. Oh. Actually. Well, then it can't be longer than five years because I've only been on there five. And you've only been on there... Since 09. Okay, so it's only been three years. Well, that's impressive. For some reason, I was thinking, well, I, I've, I've done work with, and Marnie, just for those of you who don't know, works at KXLH here in Helena, which is part of the MTN network, which is CBS statewide in Montana, which is very cool. One would hope that the other stations would be statewide as well. Hmm. One would be disappointed. <laughs> um, gosh, it seems like I've known you I since know. I moved back. I know, and you know what's, but... cr- you know, when we actually first met, um, we had several conversations on Twitter, which is super fun because I love the fact that you can interact on Twitter and you actually don't even know these people, but they're your friends somehow. And yeah. And so we got to know each other then, and then we actually met out at the Clintons concert at Lakeside. Because oh, that's you reserved, right. You reserved me a camping spot. That's right. Uh, Marnie was, uh, uh, I'm running late. I'm not going to get there in time. I won't mm-hmm. get a camping spot. I got you covered. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd been out there since like 8 a.m. with John. <laughs> we're going to yeah. film it. We're going to drink until 2. That's what we're going to do. Uh, that was fun. Um, yeah, I do remember that. Huh. Apparently yeah. I didn't drink as much as I thought. Anyway. <laughs> um, so... When you you went to journalism school, journalism school mm-hmm. at uh, U of M, I did, uh, and that was relatively recent that you graduated, and then you came to work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I did actually was um, I started my education here in Helena at the Helena College of Technology, and I thought I was going to be an accountant, which is really funny because I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I want to be an accounting major when I could be a journalist? Um, I think number one now, I look back and I'm like, why am I not an accountant? I would make so much more money. <laughs> but, um, but the thing that's so funny about it is I took, so I did two years here at the Helena College of Technology, and then I transferred to the University of Montana because I wanted to switch my degree. I thought, okay, I, I loved the fact that journalism, there's a right or wrong, there's a fact, there's, you know, did he say it, did he not? Did the bill pass? Did it not? So there was a right and wrong, which was very concrete for me. But at the same time, I needed a creative outlet. And journalism offered that because you can be creative in your storytelling and um, yet still have some structure to it, which was totally my personality. So um, that's when I went to Missoula, transferred and got into the J school, as they call it. And then I, uh, you know, I never thought that I would end up being a political reporter. I actually thought I would be a features writer, and um, now it's like if my story ends up in the C block of the newscast, which is like after two commercial breaks, that's where the features go. I'm I'm like cringing. I'm like, oh no, my story should be lead. <laughs> and uh, well, you are doing features, but you're in Helena, and the the main feature of this town is politics. It's true. Mm. It's true. So and and it's your hometown. You grew up here. Yeah, I did, and so my parents are still here. And it's funny because I do actually know a lot of the local politicians. I mean, my dad was a minister at um, the First Presbyterian Church here, and Senator Dave Lewis went to church there. So I grew up with some of these same faces. 
um, around and, you know, you know, played soccer with their kids or whatever. <laughs> so being back here is after college is a really cool opportunity. Also, it's sometimes pretty difficult, but. You know, well, you run into people that you're like, ah. Right. I, the people at home can't see my hand motion, but I'm putting up my hand, blocking the face. Yeah, and back. they think they they think that somehow because you're, you know them from the past, you you like. Like they understand where I stand on issues as, and that's like no, just because I'm a pastor's daughter doesn't mean I necessarily agree with that stuff, <laughs> or I align politically with that. I'm just here to report. Right. So, so um, so you came back. You started working. At, here at KXLH mm-hmm. pretty quickly and then right away. they didn't like let you warm up at all they pretty much said hey guess what we've got a fire in a fire pa- frying pan and uh it's yours go yeah <laughs> well it was crazy because I had interned actually with our competition during the summer at ABC station mm. and um CBS saw my work um and I reached out to them and I was like I want a job I well, actually I need a job <laughs> and I'm a Helena girl please give it to me and so we they did and so I actually signed my contract with KXLH before I even graduated oh right. and then I was coming back on weekends working weekends just so I secured that job for when I got out of college and so when I got here in December of 09 I was just handed a camera, and there was no one else here at the office at that point. I mean, it was just me. I was the only person down here, and so it was just me, and uh, the training wheels came off really quickly. <laughs> Go interview the governor! Fun. Um, <laughs> so what was it like? I mean, the first interviews that you did, you, you did the governor. I know you did that, like, your first week, your first full week, you did the governor. You also had, uh, I believe, John Tester a week later. Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, hitting the ground running, it was crazy. I thought, okay, I'm going to ease into this. My actually, my actual first like official story was about some kids building Legos at Exploration Works, which fun. Yeah, and I was like, yes, it's the features that I've always wanted. And um, you're missing her very dramatic uh, <laughs> Disney princess dance moves that go along with these statements at home, and I'm I'm right. disturbed by this because. <laughs> They're quite funny. <laughs> um, and so I think after I did that story, I mean, it was right away. I mean, MTN wants to have political coverage every week. And so it was, you know, within the first two weeks, I had interviewed um, Governor Schweitzer. And um, I act, it was actually, yeah, it was Senator John Tester. And I thought, this is absolutely wild in my wildest dreams I I never thought that my first two weeks on the job I would be interviewing these kind of politicians but in Montana the access to these kind of politicians is so easy I mean they're all super accessible and that I mean that was really evident right away right so then 2010 happened uh, a nice election year you had a pretty good build up to what we were going into with elections and Mm -hmm. You saw firsthand what was happening leading up to the legislature, and did you, like, on election night, when you saw who was winning, what went through your mind? Well, I didn't have a lot of historical background on, I mean, trust me, I was a rookie. I never thought that I would be doing political reporting. I really never paid attention. I never paid much attention to it. And so, um, you know, I had looked at who controlled the House and the Senate, and then when I saw all these seats turning red, I was like, 
well, this is interesting. And I mean, I knew Helena too. I knew Helena and I saw seats in Helena that have been historically uh, liberal seats. They were, they were turning conservative. And I was, I was like, this doesn't seem right. I don't know a whole lot about <laughs> politics, but this doesn't seem normal. And, um, something's I, akimbo. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, this is going to be an interesting election year. And election night is a blur for any reporter because you're live a and, lot. And you're, you were in the, you were up at the Capitol and then I believe you were at Secretary of State's office. You went over to County, the city county building for counting. I think I saw you at like three other places too. Yeah, and then I I'm went like, to Did she like, swing by the bar? That would help. That would help. <laughs> I actually was out at Montana City. There was an event out there. Oh, that's right. There was the the party out at the Montana City Grill mm-hmm. for uh Jill and um Joe Cohenauer and, and Sheila Hogan. Oh. So I interviewed Democrats that night who who lost. Who all lost. And um I didn't interview any Republicans because my counterpart Melissa Anderson was helping me. And she took care of the Republicans, so she was much busier that night because they all won. And, um, yeah, the next day, though, I sat down with Governor Schweitzer, and I interviewed him talking. And our interview was basically, how do you plan on working with a Republican-led legislature? And um, that was so fascinating. I mean, Schweitzer's a fascinating character anyway. He is, very much so. I mean, And love him or hate him, the guy is brilliant. That's all there is to it. He and knows po- his you can't, and you're never going to out politic that man. No, no, and and you're lucky if you can keep up in those. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> most days it's like, oh, all right, you grab the brand, I'll get the coffee, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it, I mean, and you know, he he took it with. He he just he he handled the interview really well. He didn't seem panicked that he was going to be dealing with Republicans the next session. He said, okay, let's work together. And I, it was a political soundbite, just like they all are. But, um, you know, I think that he I think that he understood that there was his work was cut out for him the next session. Yeah, so then we had a month and a half, basically, mm-hmm. of quiet. Yeah, very you quiet. Know, you know, everybody sort of, you know, retreated to their own camps and huddle in. we got to figure out how this works. And were you able to interview anybody? During those, from election night to the beginning of session, basically what I did was hit out because I was like, I, this, I prepped myself and I. Oh, so you retreated to your own camp as well. These are the questions I will ask. This is the blanket I will hold and the thumb I will suck. (laughs) And I thought, I have so much to learn. I don't even know how bills get from you know, committee up to the governor's office. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm like, like... You don't even know how Bill becomes a law? Didn't you watch Saturday Morning Cartoons? Right, and the Schoolhouse Rock song? I mean, no, I actually did watch that. Um, and I... Legislative services have these great pamphlets like that are so basic, like how to do, how to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how a bill becomes a law. And I actually read that and gave myself a crash course in Montana legislature, like 101... And I was so unprepared. Most, most of our legislators didn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and there was a ton of freshmen walking in who right. were also reading the same pamphlets that I was. Or and ignoring I, them. I, I, I don't know if they were ignoring them. <laughs> I'm the one who gets to be snarky. She works for the news channel. Um, actually, I think it's funny because I know some people who actually didn't read them because they thought that they were... Uh, not rules. They thought that they were, you know, things you might want to know. Might, and they right. really didn't want it to taint 
how they saw the world, which I can understand that perspective, but I think it really did them no good. And, you know, it was just a matter of, it wasn't a matter of they were, they were stupid. It was a matter of they, they chose foolishly and nobody was calm enough to pull them aside and go, you probably need to do this. Just take a look mm-hmm. at it, actually absorb it, you know. Yeah, well, there was a lot of, there was freshman orientation, basically, for the legislators. I mean... Well, they have that every, they have yeah. that at the U.S. Congress, too. And so. it was really fascinating because there were, from what I hear, you know, more freshmen, I don't have a context because, again, I didn't cover politics prior. And so um, a lot of my context comes from Chuck Johnson, who's the Lee Papers capital reporter, mm-hmm. and he knows everything about everything. Because he's been covering it for a hundred years. Oh. Here, since we became a state, Chuck's been there. He is a genius. And he and so he helps me a lot with the history. And there were more freshmen this session than, I mean, there have been in a long time. And, you know, I was right there learning with them. And boy, do you learn fast. Well, yeah. So I remember going into the Capitol a couple of times and being like, well, I'll just stop by and say hi to Marnay. And literally you were zipping past me to another meeting. I'm like, that was the quickest I've ever seen anybody move with 300 pounds of camera equipment. <laughs> and it's impressive because you're running up three flights of stairs. You got In my which... heels. I know. Yeah. And they're good looking heels, people. <laughs> Um, but there'd be a meeting up on the third floor on one end of the building and down in the basement on the other end of the building and they're at the same time and you've got to cover them both. How did you make a decision on, you know, which what, is going cover? to be Ugh. covered? You know, and, lot... and were there times when it went wrong? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, I, I made mistakes this session for sure, but I think that what ended up happening was you get the committee schedule and you get all the committee hearings and then you get the floor schedules And so you pick and choose, you look and you see what bills are getting their hearings that day. And then I just went through with the highlighter and just said, okay, if they were words that I understood, DUIs, uh uh-huh, know what that means. (laughs) Tax increment financing district, I don't think so. That sounds complicated. (laughs) And um, so there were things that, I mean, you obviously knew were going to be issues during the session. Medical marijuana, DUIs, um, I mean... That just stood out, and you knew that you were supposed to... Wolves. Bison. <laughs> wolves and bison. An ongoing issue we'll get to later. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot that stood out. So, session started. You're neck deep in the fire, um, as we mix our metaphors around here. And, uh, <laughs> neck deep in the frying pan. Waist hmm. deep in the... <laughs> in the muck. Up, known, up that well-known tributary without a means of locomotion. <laughs> uh... And you're having to deal with not only the leadership, which is kind of having their own issues dealing with, you know, these new people that are kind of running amok. And you're trying to get access. And there's this overwhelming perception of the press is liberal. Mm-hmm. How are you getting past that with these people? Well, or, or did you? Did it? You did, know, or did the, you no, that is still something I fight constantly. I mean, the liberal media bias is is incredibly strong. And um, that... that not that the bias is strong, but that the perception that there's this liberal media bias. And I think, um, I don't fully understand where that comes from. And I think I'm trying to learn, and I think maybe it's because um, as a reporter, you have to be very open-minded because you have to be willing to hear all sides. And um, there's this perception that if you're open-minded, you're somehow very liberal. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. 
Well, that's an interesting, an interesting perception, an interesting definition, and we should probably go into it on another time because it's a, probably <laughs> three hours in and of itself. But when you're having to deal with, say, Alan Hale or uh, Chris Hansen or uh, Wendy Warburton, mm-hmm. who are upstanding citizens, they're actually pretty good people. I've met them in, in contexts completely separate from the legislature, and they're actually kind of fun. Um, well, Wendy Warburton is. I don't know about the other two, particularly Alan's a little loony. But <laughs> you, you get, when you meet these people outside of, I am a responsible legislator, they seem very normal. When you when I ran into them up at the, the Capitol, they were very different. And it was very bizarre to me. And I don't know how you would deal with that. Well, I think that, um, you know, in deal, most Montanan, most Montana politicians understand uh, that the press is is there to help and is there to tell a story. And most politicians want to be on TV, you know, oh, and, yeah. and, and they need they want they want their constituents to know that they're actually doing something while they're in Helena. And so getting access to these kind of these people was not difficult because they want to make sure their constituents are hearing their side of story. And if they were skeptical, that's kind of how I would pitch it to them. I would say, okay, um, you know, well, you know, you're just trying to stonewall me in the corner. You're trying to get, you know, this answer out of me. And I would say, hey, listen, your constituents have a television and they're watching. And the only way that they can get their news is either through reading it in the paper, listening to it on the radio, or seeing it on television. And so you've got an option here. You can tell them what you're up to or you don't have to. And, um, so, and I, and I believe, and I believe that. Yeah. And so. Well, and it's very true. I mean, none of them blog. I don't know why. I don't understand why. Yeah. Although Twitter erupted. Right. That's what I wanted to get to. So it was interesting because halfway through the session, no, it wasn't even halfway through the session. It was like the second week in January. All of a sudden, everybody was getting on Twitter and the empty leg which I think is a great hashtag. And you call I, it leg? Yeah, empty leg. And empty the reason, ledge. Right, but the reason it's empty L-E-G, and anybody who's an adult looks at that and goes into empty leg. But what's funny about that, do you remember the old Bill Cosby thing about drinking? How you'd, you'd drink a bunch of beer and you'd have an empty leg. Empty leg, you, oh. Then you come out. That's what was cracking me up. I was like, oh, they've got an empty leg. We should fill it with beer. You would think of it that way. I that's, do. That's funny. And I realize that, you know, I'm the crazy one. But, uh, so yeah, Ellie came up with the hashtag, I believe. I I believe so. Yeah. Actually, yes. And so it she, took she, like wildfire. Oh yeah, I yeah. We didn't have fire season this year because it went up on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, she started the hashtag, and then Bryce was all of a sudden on Twitter, and then all this, and like the liberals took to it first. Obviously, not a shock there. But there were a ton of conservatives that picked it Derek up. Derek right Skies loved it. Yeah, Mike Miller loved it. Mike Miller is one of the greatest tweeter political tweeters out yeah. there. And and he doesn't tweet very often, but what he tweets is worthwhile. So, um, and we'll put links to all of their twitters if I can find them. I'll have to write that down. Um, but you know, I think that one of the things that was so great about Twitter was the access to information. Uh, people got real in real time what was going on on the floor or in committee. And could respond to it. That, mm-hmm. That's what I thought was interesting is that all of a sudden the, the people who are being represented were responding back to their representatives with links to, no, this is what you're looking for. This is actually the concern that we have. This is why it's wrong. This is what we're talking about. And, and all of these, this 
abundance of information was flowing in that just wasn't around before. Right. And it's always been available, but the access in real time mm-hmm. wasn't there. And it sort of changed everything. And I don't know that it changed everything for the better. It kind of, you know, it was chaotic. It was really chaotic. And there became fights with that empty leg hashtag. Well, you can call it empty ledge. <laughs> Although it wasn't an empty ledge. I would like to point out everybody was standing on the ledge and a few people jumped over. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, th- I thought that that was, it was so fascinating to watch that explode. It was. So... Um, I remember, I'm trying to remember what day it was, but I, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but there was a tweet that went out and you were like, I'm on it. I'm interviewing them later today. And I was like, this is so cool. It's, it's nice to know that, okay, I know that this news story is going to happen and there's a reporter I trust that's on it. I can go back to my day. And that, I think it was, um, actually, I think it was a state fund bill, but I'm not positive, but it was something you were going to go interview one of the legislators on, or one of the sponsors of the bill. And it was just, it was the perfect storm of, I see the legislator tweeting about it. Marne said she's going to cover it. Interview's happening. I don't have to worry about it. It was so great. And I was like, this changes everything. Because now we have an idea of what our newscast is going to be about. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I'm going to tune in. I don't want to miss it because this is important. And then, and it happened. Well, and I love the fact that, um, you know, we provide news because we think it's important to our viewers. But we also want to hear from our viewers about what's important to them. And so if they're tweeting me throughout the day and they're like, hey, have you heard about this story or this accident? I mean, I can't tell you how many tweets I get. There's an accident on Benton and da-da-da. And then the police scanner goes off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is is great. You know, the access to information is super fun. Fun. Very cool. So then, let's see, Transmittal happened. uh, The branding happened. You covered most of that. I did. I, yeah, I, I was the, I had a, Melissa came up to the Capitol a few times to help me out when hearings got really crazy and I couldn't be two places at once, but I covered the legislature mostly by myself and I did cover the branding and that was such an experience. Um, normally the video for my political stories is so boring. It's people sitting at a desk and I get really it's excited. Right. When I get to like a really close up of someone like writing with pen and paper, cause I'm like, it's an shot yes um but so this was fantastic because it was politics and it was good video and that's like a reporter's dream right now did your video get whose video got used on matto was that oh i don't want to talk about that Uh, that's fine no i was really mad because john adams uh with the great falls tribune shot a bunch of video and like all of these national media picks up his video from, like, his crappy cell phone. And I was like, really? Because I'm a television reporter and I shot good video and you're not even going to use it? <laughs> Did you make it available? Was it on Dropbox? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they knew it was there. Yeah, Instead, they, they do know how to get a hold of you. It's funny. but um, So, yeah, so that happened. That was one of our biggest news mm-hmm. days in the state. It went out all over the world. And then... You know, session starts to come to an end, and what were you doing? Well, um, the day session came to an end, the C-SPAN bus came to town. You know, really? C-SPAN? Yeah, I know. yeah they yeah. have this bus. They have a bus? Yeah. That seems odd. So I was like... They, they don't even have anchors. Why would they need a bus? I know. They had a, well, they had a bus, and you can like go in and like watch C-SPAN videos. So I did a story on C-SPAN. And that was the demise of my career. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, it could have been it's C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah, no, session ended, and seriously, um, it was like one day I was working sixty. I mean, it felt like sixty hours in the day. I was working nonstop. And then it was the next day, all of a sudden I was back to normal and I was back to covering fluff and features. I was like, what just happened? Like these last 90 days, were they really there? <sighs> so it's been, well, what, six, seven, eight, nine months since then. I don't know. What is it? It's almost been a year. It's almost been a year. Yeah. <sighs> it has. Yeah. So it's almost been a year. We're gearing up for the new uh, election mm-hmm. and things are off to an interesting start. Oh my gosh. Like, I am so busy already doing campaign stuff. I mean, I'm doing a campaign. I'm doing a campaign 2012 story every day, which is crazy. And I could be doing more, and I'm not. I'm the. I'm primarily doing all of our campaign coverage for MTN. I mean, we get help from the affiliates. Yeah. So if the campaign's in Billings, hopefully the Billings affiliate will cover it. But yeah, but I'm I'm doing primary most of it and. While I love the responsibility because I'm actually loving this beat and I want to keep this beat, um, I just, it's overwhelming. I mean, the gubernatorial candidates, I mean. 704 of them. Or five, maybe. <laughs> Wait, one just dropped out. Wait, oh no, 706. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And then, well, let's see. For the governor's race on the Republican side, we've got like 10 and we've got three on the Democrat. We have two on the Democrat, and then we've got some independents. Okay. And then we've got Secretary of State's race. I know we've mm-hmm. got at least two Republicans, and then... Incumbent, Linda incumbent, McCullough. Yeah. Um, I think I'd remember her name. I adore her, and she comes to my concerts. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so bad with names, though. And then uh, so, Attorney General, like mm-hmm. six candidates total? Well, no. Um, we have two Democrats and two Republicans. So we've got Jim Shockley and Tim Fox, and right. then we've got Pam Busey and Jesse Lazovich. Okay. So you're going to have contest like really interesting primaries in that race. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. I'm hoping Tim will come on the show. He owes me a favor. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping everybody will come on the show because actually, it, you know, that's the point of the show. Anyway, that's the hint for those of you out there. Back to the topic. Uh, Do it; it'll be fun. <laughs> and there's wine involved, but we don't drink it now. It's dry enough to swear. Um, so yeah, the races have kicked off. Everybody started doing their fundraising. Um, people that you know, obviously from the session, are they contacting you? Are you having to contact them? Or you know, as far as local legislative races go, the individual stations are covering those. I'm not having to do those, which is great. I'm covering our statewide's and our national races, so I'll be doing all the land board seats plus. Um, U.S. House, U.S. Senate. So, land board seats are? AG. Well, started governor. Governor? AG, Secretary of State, State Auditor, and Superintendent of Public Schools. Okay. Yep. Cool. So. And then, and then obviously, you're covering the national races, governor. And, or the, oh, and I forget uh, about the judicial races. I mean. Everybody kind of forgets about them. That's an interesting topic. Nobody knows what the, anything about the judicial races. It's always bizarre. They, they get very little coverage. Well, because they don't have a party. They can't really talk about why they're running. And there's typically little drama. I, well, it was probably a good thing. It's because there's parties involved. Right. Oh, And, and really, they're, they're not supposed to be political. Right. So why are we voting on them? I mean, I can understand why you don't want them to be. Well, because you have to pick one. True. 
But, you know, but. Yeah, I, I understand you don't want them to be lifetime terms, but I would think that appointing them on a cycle would make more sense. I just... There's been... There's talk of that, for sure. People think about that. So, then we have our illustrious Office of Political Practices. Oh, yeah. Which blew up. Completely blew up. Yeah, like, nobody even heard it ticking, and then, boom. Like, mm-hmm. one day, like, a Thursday. Is that right? You know, John's story broke on a, uh, on a Sunday. Oh, it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I know it was a slow news day. Well, Sundays are supposed to, I mean, that's the day you want your big story to run in a paper, and that's the highest viewership for television, too. So the, you want big stories on Sunday. And he managed to do it. And, and, and out of the blue, nobody expected it. Nobody had heard rumblings. And I talked to good 20 people that know the people in the office directly. I don't know any of them personally. Mm-hmm. But they were like, nope, hadn't heard a thing. Had heard some grumblings, but didn't know this was going to blow up. Yeah. Very bizarre. It's it's been very interesting, and I think uh, obviously that office um, it's been politically charged, and it probably will continue to be politically charged unless there's some changes to the organizational structure, which there could be. So, well, in the office, I mean, yeah, you're in charge of elections, so it can't be elected because <laughs> you could be in violation right. of the election laws that got you into the office, right. and then you'd have to. It's uh, that'd be a mess. Right. I, I don't envy anybody that's got the job. It, it requires a, a high level of um, self-awareness that I just don't think a lot of politicians have. Well, and they, um, you know, the legislature during the interim is looking at whether or not, because it's really under the auspices of the Secretary of State's office, and they're looking about kind of like making it more under that office, restructuring it. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, because if they reach... But it's appointed by the governor? Because in Montana, and I don't yeah. know about other states, and I, I should clar- clarify this because I know we've got people that listen from other states or from the district and, you know, are not part of a state and get no representation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the In the state of Montana, the five members of the land board are actually peers. The Secretary of State is technically a peer to the governor. So, you know, the fact that he would be able to appoint somebody in her area seems very bizarre to me. Well, think about it, though. The governor appoints people to boards and committees all the time that are under, you know, like livestock boards. and. Yeah, but those are all part of the governor's area. But they, he doesn't appoint anything in, underneath OPI, does he? Because he, he, well, I guess he would because, the, well, no, because the Board of Regents isn't under OPI. They're under the governor. They're their own entity under the Constitution. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about. Hmm. Interesting. Things we've brought up. We should probably look into them. <laughs> so, um, where do you want to go next? There's so much to talk about. Well, you know, I think one of the things that's really interesting about where we are politically right now and looking at the political landscape going into this next election is how will the structure of Montana politics change with 2012? Because it is a big election year. We've got some major seats up for grabs, and we have seats that are don't have incumbents i mean let's look at the governor's seat for instance we don't have an incumbent governor schweitzer's termed out we don't have an incumbent in the ag's office and we don't have an incumbent at u.s house because representative Greenberg's running for senate right so i mean that puts these seats just wide open and that's why you have just this cluster of candidates because the seat's wide open so republicans talk about talking about the governor's office see an opportunity they see an opportunity to claim it back and same i mean look at the house race i mean you've got 
six Democrats running for U.S. House. Right, and we haven't had a Democratic representative since we lost the representative seat. Yeah? We haven't had a Democratic U.S. representative since Pat Williams? Is that right? And that's... Yeah, I think that's right. Well, that's a I long... should ask Chuck Johnson. He would know. <laughs> that's a long time. Um, yeah, we lost our, our second house seat a while back, and Rebert's pretty much held his seat that entire time since, and he's on his sixth term. Is that right? This is the end of his sixth term. Wow. It's been a while. I don't know. Anyway, he's been in the house. Edwards, I was only born in 1985, Kevin. <laughs> Right. Um, I could have a Back to the Future. Yeah, we'll have the Back to the Future reference. Um, in 1985, in Back to the Future, he went back 30 years, which took him back to 1955. If he got into the time machine DeLorean today, it would take him back to 1982. Just remember, we're all missing a decade mentally. Nobody think, Everybody thinks the last decade was the 90s. If you ask somebody, yeah, last decade, and they'll be talking about 90s. You're like, ah. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, so a hmm. um, little bit of mental issue that everybody in America is apparently suffering from, or at least all the people I talk to. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, so Reberg has held the seat for a long time, and uh, Senator Burns, obviously, in the last election, what was interesting is I met Tester at the Bozeman Airport. He was flying out to some fundraiser. He was standing in a corner, and I was flying out to go to a job interview. And, you know, I had literally just moved back to Montana and I'd moved back because I was looking for a job and trying to figure out where I'm going next. Da, 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 and I'm, I keep flying in and out and um, all these job interviews that happen to be there when he's there. And I'm like, so I'd seen him on TV, kind of knew what he looked like. It was really early in the morning and you know me, early in the morning, not the most pleasant person. <laughs> but I walked over to him and I was like, why are you standing in the corner here, John Tester, are you? And he goes, yeah. I said, every one of these people in here is a potential voter. Why aren't you talking to them? Well, I didn't want to interrupt him. Everybody's staring at you. <laughs> Go say hi. And he did. And um, and he won. That's that's my claim to fame. <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin's message to all you politicians is campaign at the airport. <laughs> well, no, not campaign at the airport, but don't stand in a corner. I mean, when you're out in public, especially when you're new, um, say hi to people. And it's the most... Especially for introverts, it's so hard for them to go and do it. They don't want to go up and say hi. They just want to, they're, they're getting into politics because they want to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, it takes a little bit of, you've got to step up and do this. Uh, and not having known Tester's history, I didn't realize that he was in the legislature here. I didn't realize what his background was. All I saw was this guy standing in the corner and, you know, nice. He wasn't being rude or anything or ignoring people deliberately. He just wasn't going up and saying hi. And everybody was staring at him. I thought it was very bizarre. But then I remember Montanans are like that. We don't go up and talk to people, but we will look. <laughs> That's true. And, and which, you know, if, if you're in Montana, if you're a Montanan, and I hope you are because it's a wonderful place, um, go up and say hi to people. They usually don't bite. Uh, well, Marnay will, but... <clears throat> so then you've got these big races that you're going to be covering, and your year looks like from probably June until November is going to be mad. Mm-hmm. And then... and well, and e- Well, even before the primary, because we've got to compare and contrast these candidates in these hotly contested primary um, races, especially the gubernatorial race, the AG race, the Secretary of State race. You have two very interesting Republicans running against each other. Um, and so you, you've got to compare and contrast these candidates for 
the primary. So, okay, so one of the reasons I started doing this podcast is because I wanted to give politicians specifically and people involved in politics in general a chance to come in and really talk about what mm-hmm. they're doing and why they're involved. Um, because my own personal beef with our 24-hour news cycle is that we don't get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with these people. You've seen the Republican debates where everybody's out and they ask a question and they get a minute to answer and then they go to somebody else and they ask a different question. And it drives me up a wall because that's not a debate. That's a nine-person interview and it's screwed up. And it's not helpful. It, it allows them to be backbiting and stabby and towards each other, and it doesn't help me as a voter get educated about what these people are like. It just irritates me, and, you know, I wanted to avoid that. And what I was wondering is, because your station uh, employs the delightful Richie Melby, um, and he started doing... So delightful. He is. He started doing the sports extras, which mm-hmm. is uh, more comprehensive than what he can get in on... A regular newscast. A regular newscast. Yeah. Which is basically, and they aren't doing it as a podcast, but I hope they will. Um, it's basically the news as a podcast, and it could be sponsored and whatever. Are you going to be able to do that with politics and get some of these longer form interviews? Because I know, I, I remember a couple of times where you were doing interviews and you're like, I just need the 30 second piece. I don't have the five minutes to put in this, mm-hmm. but this was very important and I want to get this out. And you'd have to, you know, assemble it from these other pieces, and you spend a lot of time doing that. And, um, how do I say this nicely? Eh, you're human. It's not always perfect. Right. You know, so, and, and I know that you're very much in touch with, uh, I miss that. So how, you know, is that something you can do? Is that something you're interested you in know, doing? You know, I think one of the things that's really difficult with especially television, um, commercial television, is that we have such limited times to tell a story. And, you know, my average news story is a minute 45 seconds. Uh, and let's be clear, people. A minute 45 seconds is not enough time to get to know anything. And so it's it's really difficult, especially for someone like me who likes to be very thorough. A lot of times people assume that if it's in my story, I don't know it. And that's not necessarily the case like I couldn't find the answer it was that I didn't have enough time and sometimes it may be that I didn't know it oh oh that it isn't in your story yeah oh, okay <laughs> sorry I, I miss I either misheard you or yeah miss- so I think that one of the things that we have been trying to do and especially with our political profiles and we did this last we kind of piloted it last election in 2010 with our local candidates, and we're going to be doing it with the bigger races, is we're going to be profiling our candidates, I'm going to be sitting down doing interviews with them, and then I'm going to put the interview in its entirety online, because people then can watch it, and it won't be edited, you'll hear my questions, you'll see the camera focus, refocus, and shift. Um, and um, then it gets knocked over. <laughs> you'll see uh, me cry when the batteries run out. Um, but um, no, I think that that's a really that's a really the only way that commercial television can expand its coverage is by going online. And so um, that's what we're going to be doing this election cycle is having you know, a sit-down interview. Like, the other day, I interviewed Neil Livingstone for 20 minutes, 
and um, you'll only see a minute 45 of the interview on your evening news, but you will be able to go to our website and watch the interview in its entirety. Well, that'll be awesome. And that'll make a big difference, I think, in how people get educated about what the election is is going to entail for them. Um, and I have to say, though, Kevin, it's really interesting because last year when we piloted this with our local candidates, so, um, you know, I, I piloted it with all of the races that were in Lewis and Clark County for the legislative districts. And um, I posted the interviews in their entirety, and they didn't get the number of clicks that I expected. One, maybe because KXLH was so new at the time. Two, it was pilot, and we were just trying to figure out how this works. Mm -hmm. But And I think also because they were the smaller legislative districts, I think that there's going to be a bigger desire for a whole raw interview with Congressman Breberg and Senator John Tester and all 705 gubernatorial candidates. <laughs> the 900-page blog, gubernatorial.com. Um, yeah, no, it, it and uh, I'm sorry that I didn't realize that that was happening because I had worked with a bunch of candidates and I was like, you've got to get some more FaceTime in, you know, up on your website and they never linked to it. So I just assumed it didn't happen. And, you know, I think it's frustrating for a reporter to have time constraints. It's really frustrating. Yeah, but you're really good at it too. And the other thing is, okay, so you have a minute and 45 that you have to tell this story or worse, you've got two stories that you've got to fit in there because they're related. So you've got, what, 53 seconds each, you know, something ridiculous like that. Um, the skill that that, requires is immense and you do such a great job with it that most of the time we don't have those lacks but but there is but I truly believe there is a need for more information and I believe that voters need more information when they're making these decisions because I think that it is critical for people to know their candidates before and that is one thing that I really take pride in is um making sure that voters have the information they need. And one of the other ways that um, I think people, if they can't access their candidate or get the information to their candidate, I would encourage them to totally just call a reporter and say, have you asked Governor Schweitzer this question? Because we don't think of it all. Yeah, that's you, you missed the very elaborate typing, typing. slash send um, gestures. You're right, and and kind of crowdsourcing the questions. I remember when you did the city council, mm-hmm. you you did the city council debate, and you crowdsourced questions via Twitter and Facebook. Yes, mm-hmm. and how'd that go? Um, I was there, so I kind of know. But we didn't really <laughs> get. I mean, we we didn't get really any questions. We got two. Well, we got two questions via Twitter. I sent in four questions. Course, via two, Twitter. I know. No, the, you didn't. Yes, I did. In fact, yeah, I did. You did? Uh-huh. To me? Yeah. To at Marnay Banks. I'm going to go back and check my feed because right. I don't remember I'll, I'll pull them up in Tweet Library because I, I downloaded a great app. I'll, I will put a link to this if you're using Twitter. It actually goes back and gets all of your tweets, and then you can search them so you can find stuff when people go, you know you didn't, and you can send them the link to it. <laughs> it's delightful. You need that. We didn't get any questions. I don't, we, <clears throat> I don't or maybe that. I sent them to you. Maybe I was emailing you or chatting with you on Facebook. But I know I sent you a bunch of questions. Yeah, I don't know how many. I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't a big hit. Hmm. Let's be real. Hmm. 
Well, you did a great job with the with the debate. And was that the first time you had ever hosted one? Yeah. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping um, my station will host some, actually, and no, we'll be hosting some debates this Cool. Do you have any dates on any of that? No. Is it Now, are you going to wait until after the primaries and do, like, actual candidate debates, or are you going to do primary debates? Or do you know? I think we probably will end up doing a Tester-Reberg debate. I don't know when. That would um, be fun. And I just, I'm not sure about our gubernatorial debate, if we're going to do um, a, pri- a primary or not. I should know this by now. I mean, it is almost March. It is almost March, but there's a lot of... Okay, so the last session, let's be honest, was a pain. Um, there's a lot of people who are not looking forward to it. There's a lot of people that aren't looking forward to elections. Um, election night is crazy for a reporter. Well, yeah, but I'm just not looking forward to voting again. I just want a year away from them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like... I And I know they're all good people, and I just... You know, stay at home for an extra year. We're going to cancel the session, and we'll be back in 2013. <laughs> we're just taking a year off if no that reason. means another additional 90 days on top of the 90 days that we just missed no thank you <laughs> mm. so what about the idea of splitting the session into two 45 day sessions you know I loved session and I loved covering it I loved being up at the capitol and my I have an office up there and then an office outside of the capitol as well and my office up there is like in the dungeon and off session it's terrible to work in but during session it's so fun it's just the hustle and bustle people knocking on your door handing you press releases you're running to committee you set a camera in one committee and then you go get notes in another committee and I mean oh my gosh (laughs) and everything is at your fingertips I mean so much fun so much fun and I wish that I could and yes I just clapped like I was really excited (laughs) (laughs) um I just wish you know so I don't know if I would mind political arguments aside I don't think I would mind having a session every year to cover in fact I think I would like it because I was going full force for 45 days, then transmittal hit, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. So tired, so exhausted. I lost my fuel. And my second half, I wasn't nearly as thorough, and I didn't, I, I didn't put in as many hours because I was just burning out. So I think I would like it from just a strictly energy and... Well, I think it'd be interesting because in in doing in splitting it into two forty fives, and there have been some political discussions about it. I think it makes more sense from a couple of standpoints. One, we wouldn't have to start in January, which would be great because January is just a messed up month. February, March is the, are better months to do this anyway. And two, it would separate out the policy versus the budgetary, and the budgetary is the one right. that they've got to get through first, but it's also the one that they've got to think about the most. And, and spend some actual quality time going over what they're going to put in. Because a couple of times people thought they were voting for one thing and exactly voted for the other. Because it is confusing, it's convoluted, and there's a lot that goes into it. And it's so specific. So I think you know spreading that out might be a good idea. But the other thing, the, the argument against it is it's nice to have a year when those people don't come to town. <laughs> right. And, and, it's like, ah, oh, January and I can park. <laughs> <laughs> As if parking is such an issue in Helena. It is during session up at the Capitol. Oh my gosh, up at the Capitol, yes. Well, and I work up by there. It, it, I work um, just under a mile away, and parking literally can go all the way over there. It's ret- That's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. No, I think the argument for splitting session, I think that there's good arguments on both sides, and I think the way other states have done it have split the budgetary and the policy side up. Yeah. As opposed to, say, splitting the House and the Senate, which would 
Transmittal happens, and we'll see you next year. <laughs> You'd have no conference committee. You'd have to have three years of session and then one year of session where they all just conference and come up with the combinations of their two ideas. No, we'd have to re-elect them at that point, getting new ones. <laughs> Nothing would ever happen in government again. Mm. So, um, any big personal vacations this summer before life goes no. nuts? I mean, I might, go vi- I might go visit my sister in California. Uh, fun. And I'm definitely planning another big backpacking trip just so I can get away. And yeah, and then I'm going to probably take some serious time off between elections and session. Uh, now, will you be taking that off just to once again retreat to your corner with your binky and cry about got elected, or to come up with <laughs> you questions? Know, I, you know, I don't think I'll be crying about who's elected. Um, I think you know either. Either way, this swings. This this next few years are going to be very interesting, um, just because the way that the economy is and all that kind of stuff just plays really an interesting role in politics. So you've been doing these uh, non-political pieces for a couple months, and you've started to go back to interviewing politics. And how are you tying in some of these other stories into politics, or do you find yourself doing that? Or well, I find myself. I just find myself, when I do the other stories, because I had the city commission be mm. here in Helena. Which, which is, is still political. It is still political. And I have the school board be, which is still political. Um, um, ooh, very political, because apparently we're having another discussion about the health. Oi, oi, oi. Um, changing subjects. So, <laughs> but I, I find myself, like... Wanting to neglect those other beats because I like my state government beats so much. And I just kind of want. But, you know, I can't. Well, that's because you're a good reporter. Well, and so I don't necessarily try to tie them into politics. But if I see a political story, I will prioritize it just because I like covering that stuff so much. Did you think you'd like politics as much as you... No. Oh, my gosh, no. I was never interested in it when I was younger. So... History class, you're all, oh, this is so boring. And government, U.S. government. I was an AP government. Ooh, who taught AP government? Uh, Lind. Ms. Lind? Ms. Lind. Hmm. I was an AP government, and, um, you know, I say, like, I, I took AP classes like I was smart, but no, it was just that I worked really freaking hard at everything that I did, and um, didn't play much in high school, so, yeah, but I just... Wait a minute, you were a nerd? And now you're a policy wonk. You've come so far. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a broke reporter. You're such a loser. No, um, no, 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 no. Uh, well, uh, and she shouldn't be broke, Saunders, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, you know, I, it's interesting. I never thought I would like politics as much as I do. Hmm. And now you seem to be thriving pretty well in it. And Montana politics, definitely fertile ground because there's a lot of... Hmm. <laughs> but there's, you know, and I grew up in a political family, so I was always involved mm-hmm. in, in seeing what was going around. So I kind of knew my interests were in there, but I, I still don't want to be that far into politics because some of it makes me crazy and I'm liable to yell, as we've seen. Um, but how is this bleeding over into the other parts of your life in unexpected ways? I mean, are you finding well, that you're... Well, yeah, it, it does, actually, all the time. Mostly because I have my cell phone attached to me at all moments of 
my day. And Because um, Rebirth could call. Rebirth could call. Right. <laughs> I could get a press release that changes the world. No. Um, but it certainly changes the newscast for the day. Right. And so I... And it changes the way I socialize, and I have to admit, because um, there are certain places politicians hang out, and if you go and you have a drink with a politician, you may get some, not that you're on the record and you're talking about this, that, or other thing, and you're placing them on the record while they have a drink in their hand, but that you are absolutely networking and you're building those connections so they want to come with you to you for their stories. So that does change the way that I socialize and I think about um, where to go hang out. Spending a little time at Jorgensen's, are you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jorgensen's isn't the hip happening political place until the legislators get here. I know, but then it's packed. And it's both sides of the aisle. It's very bizarre because they'll be very contentious in the building. Oh. Up at the Capitol. They lose their minds and she's bark, 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 bark. Like a couple of angry dogs on a leash. But then they're over at Jorgensen's sharing a beer. Yeah, absolutely. Or having a beer. I don't know that they'd share it, but they're each having a beer. <laughs> a we don't week. share beers in Montana. You can have your Bud Light, I'll have my Miller Light, and we will agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, let's see. Anything else? What else is going on in your life? Yeah, I mean, I know that, uh, well, I guess we should talk about this. KXLH has been in the town forever, but it used to be basically... Uh, uh, stepchild of Buttes, KXLF. And, well, it... And then, so this all happened with Barnett, because I, I do know some of this history, and I'm sure you can fill in the parts that I missed, but basically, KXLH was part of KXLF, and we used to get our newscast from Butte. Butte. Um, and then it moved to Great Falls, and then they brought in Marnane. She was the only reporter here, and then they brought in Debbie Schmidt. She was the only salesperson here to start building it up. And over the course of, effectively, two years, you've built an entire station that now has... Three local reporters, three local salespeople, one statewide salesperson that's here all the time. And um, your Nielsen ratings have gone up, up considerably. Up and up. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, in the two years I've now been here, I came in December of 09, so two years, two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on staff full time. And in that time, I've seen it grow from, you know, one person to eight. And it's just crazy. Um, and now KXLH is no longer just piggybacking on Great Falls News. We have our own newscast. Um, and that has been kind of, you know, a baby of mine because I've seen it sort of from its infancy because I came when I was still just a rep- I was a Helena reporter for the Great Falls Station. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a Helena reporter for the Helena Station. And a state road reporter for the... MTN. MTN. For and, politics. And I would eventually like to move more into that capacity. So we'll see how that kind of transitions. But we've got to get things really sealed. The deal sealed. And we've... our But our ratings are going up. And I think people have really wanted... Um, one of the things that's best about MTN is that we have a statewide network. And if something Absolutely. big happens in Billings, we've got it on our news at 530 and 10. All over the state. Um, the reason that I was bringing it up is because not only has your have your ratings on TV gone up, but your website has actually gone up very well. Um, I know David, who does an awesome job. Um, I don't know who all works with him, but I know he does an awesome job. Mm-hmm, fantastic. And anybody who works with him, uh, kudos to you all. The site's been very good. It's been very well received. They've done a lot of work. Um, your traffic has gone up, and that's where the sports extra question kind of came from because, you know, it was this whole, this is happening for sports. Why isn't this happening for politics? Because we have 
Our most favorite news stories in Montana currently involve wolves and bison. And <laughs> and I know that this is part of the reason is because we have this unhealthy fascination throughout the state with both wolves and bison. Oh my gosh, animal stories get so many clicks <clears throat> online. It's ridiculous. Right, they do, but in and you've been covering the Fish Wildlife and Parks as they've discussed the wolf hunt was they didn't they got, what, 146 instead of 220 wolves? Yeah, 166 like instead of 220, yeah. Right. So, that was close. Um, for only having read it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a wolf story. Don't care. Do you hunt for wolves, Kevin? No, um, I don't hunt. I did have to take hunter safety when I was 13, because in order to get into driver's ed when you were 14, you had to have hunter oh. safety. This is Montana. This, this was when the gun range was still back in C.R. Anderson in the basement. So, Sierra Anderson's middle school that I went to, you could take your rifles not only to school, but you could learn to shoot them there. Mm. So, yeah. Montana. Montana. Exactly. Um, and it, it kind of cracks me up that literally we were encouraged to bring our guns to school, but now if they do it, they'd be suspended. Right. I'm like, well, maybe we should teach them to use guns responsibly and not make kids crazy. A whole different discussion. But, yeah. So, I did learn how to shoot. Um, really haven't since. Uh, some friends of mine are always inviting me out. Hey, let's go to the range. Whatever. Not my thing. The wolf hunt is a heated, heated topic. It is. And, you know, not without picking any sides, I think that probably there is some overpopulation that's going on if we're having this many wolf attacks. But we've also got huge, huge herds of animals that just don't move very quick, and they're easy targets for the wolves. So, of course, they're going to go for those instead of the elk. Elk are mean. <laughs> Cows well, just kind of stand there gosh, and get eaten. Yeah. Animal stories online are crazy they just go you post a story about wolves bison deer in your front yard <laughs> deer attacking mike wessler <laughs> man shoots monster buck that stuff is just crazy right so but he licks you've... his paw people will <laughs> click it i swear they will <laughs> i want you to post that actually that'll be the name of this episode marnay banks the puppy licks his paw um the so you've been covering fish, wildlife, and parks because that's part of your beat. And are you, you know, are you getting a bunch of people calling in asking, you know, what's going on with this? Are you running into a bunch of people where you're not covering this well with those topics? Or are you just so inundated with all the changes and all the discussion that's going on that you're just covering everything and so everybody feels that it's covered? You know, I am not getting, I'm not getting a lot of complaints about you're covering, you're not covering this well or you're not covering, but we do get people who think, um, you know, we're, reporters are not subject matter experts on anything other than we're the experts on who to talk to. Hmm. And so, um, as my professor would say, my college professor, we are paid to know very little about a whole lot um and so that's kind of you know that's one of the frustrating things is because we just we d we're not the experts i'm not the expert on wolves and the biological transmission of diseases through bison i mean i don't know that kind of stuff and um but i know who to talk to so i think that that's always an interesting an interesting thing to deal with because people constantly think that you know the answers because you're the reporter but i mean well I'm not or they think that you've at least asked the questions because they're wondering so uh, another question on this in you know the, it, wolf hunts became a national issue and they kind of blew up 
for the state in a way that I don't think anybody was expecting. And then um, the bison have always been an interesting issue that affects a large region, although I don't know that they've ever gone national. But then we had, um, where was I going with this? There was some, something that came up that went national in an odd way. Was it? Yeah. Oh, the school board. It was the, the health curriculum. When, uh, Were we talking about wolves and then health I curriculum? know, I know it's odd, but go with it. <laughs> so we have these, well, I'm, I'm mostly talking about how we have these local, they're really just statewide issues, but then they become these national issues oh, when all of a sudden, yeah. you know, other organizations like the Sierra Club or whatever all of a sudden step in and they make them into these national issues mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden NBC and CBS, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nationals want to have information on it and... Um, what I wanted to know is, do you have like this library stack of clips that you've got? So when CBS calls and goes, you know, it sounds like brucellosis is actually going to be a big issue for the voters and a bunch of people in D.C. want to know about it. Do you have clips of people talking about brucellosis? Do you just search, filter, and upload and go? <laughs> you or? know, I, I do have clips. I mean, we stock file footage. Uh, like the other week we got a request from CBS National uh, about uh, the Montana, well it was a couple weeks ago, Montana Supreme Court, well it's a month ago or so, on the Montana Supreme Court ruling on the corporate ban Ooh. with political spending. Citizens and so, United. And so the Montana version. And well yeah, yeah. It, it's our, um, what was it, the? Western Tradition Partnership. Yeah, but I can't remember what the law was. It was the anti. Oh, the 1912 law. 1912. It was. The name of it. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, it's the anti-corruption, you know, don't be a jerk, you copper king jerks. So. <laughs> That's great summary, great summary. Right, yeah. Well, so it, it's s- interesting, it, and, it, and I don't know if you know the history, because apparently you slept through history in high school, but do you, you know the story. Hey, I got an A in AP government. I'm just um, telling AP you. AP government, great, but that's not history. Oh, yeah. Well, um... <laughs> Ms. Lind, could we have a, uh, a tiebreaker on this one? You know, I just, um, no, I didn't, I didn't. But I, you got a crash course in it when you had to go deal with this. Oh, absolutely. And, well, and then CBS National calls and they say they want some footage of the Montana Supreme Court chambers because they're going to be running a story nationally. I would prefer if they would call me like, hey, do you want to do a story for us? But yeah. apparently Scott Pelley doesn't want me on this show. Whatever, Scott. <clears throat> so, well, I, that's interesting. So we're going into, we have the most contested race in the Senate that's going to happen because we have Reberker stepping out of the, you know, he's got a good constituency. He's been in the in the, his seat long enough that he effectively becomes like an incumbent. I, that's It looks like two incumbents going at it, mm-hmm. even though it's not. And what's your take on the race? I, you know, I have read a lot and analyzed a lot of these polls that have come out and in every single one they're all within the margin of error and so uh it's a tie folks we have three senators this year um (laughs) no i you know if i were to make a prediction about the race i would be making it from a perspective that is i mean I have a feeling that Montana, the the conservative movement hasn't left Montana yet. Hmm. And um, the wave that we saw in 2010 with Republicans sweeping a lot of seats, I don't think is going to be maintained at the same level that it was. 
But I think that we are going to still see a very conservative stronghold in, in, in the state. And I think we're going to see, um, you know, I think we're going to see that push through. And I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, when I, when I talk over beers with my other reporter friends, we like to make predictions and they change from week to week. But I, you know, yeah, I think and that makes sense. There's a lot of what could it be, and and I honestly think it could go either way at this point. And I, I'm not educated enough to, in the history of politics, to analyze what's critical and what's not. John Tester has outraised Congressman Reberg. He has more money, um, but it's also he has a lot of out of state money, and so you know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I think, you know, I'll make a, I'll make a prediction and I'll tweet it. Prob- I'll tweet my prediction after the primary. <laughs> the, uh, we'll try to put a link to that somehow. <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe have you back on the show after you tweet it. So, you tweeted a prediction. Yeah, but, you know, I think that, I think it's very, going to be very interesting because I don't think the conservative sentiment that was so absolutely apparent in 2010 is going to be that apparent in 2012 but I don't think that it has gone away. Hmm. So you think it came in but it's not receded as far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I think Republicans especially in the Montana legislature are going to lose a few seats but they'll I predict they'll maintain their majorities in both houses. Hmm. That'll be interesting. But by much smaller margins. Which hopefully will make it so that they have to work more together because there's the whole if, well, there were, they didn't need to last session. Right. They didn't need to, and they didn't. And that was why we had some very interesting moments in our legislature. Very that were, divisive. Um, broadcast to the world. So, uh, any other comments about working politics? You know, I just, I think that people would be surprised. If they're not interested in politics, They, I don't know if they'll be listening to Politic to Boom, but... <laughs> <laughs> Me either. But I would hope they would. The whole idea is to make it more, you know, accessible. Yeah. You know, it's not... And especially in Montana. You know, we we have term limits, which we discussed a little bit with Kelson, um, and how they both are a positive and a negative force. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to the Copper Kings and how... Um, you know, politics were very, it was very controlled by money in the state. Um, and money in the state came from the ground. It was dug up, <laughs> ta-da, gold, copper. And uh, it's why I-90 goes through Butte. <laughs> you know, it, they controlled the legislature. They literally could turn federal government money and turn the freeway mm-hmm. from the capital city because they could. Well, and I think, you know, I... I would just, I guess, end this saying that if, if, if people aren't interested in politics, there's, um, there's a reason I really like it. And I, I've tried to kind of sift through this and figure out why I'm into it. And it's kind of like high school. And it's like a gossip session because it's like, oh, my gosh. Denny said this. Oh, my gosh. John said this. I never said that. Did you see John doing this? And I mean, it's like a big gossip session, except for the fact that it matters because it's people's lives. And so I try to boil it down to this is people talking about people and it's people talking about other people's lives and making decisions that impact other people's lives. And it's not people are so one of the reasons it's fun for me as a reporter is because there's so much drama all the time. 
and that makes for good news. Right. But the human, I can't, you can't forget the human element that these are actually, these decisions actually impact people. Right. And we have, you know, we have a fairly young legislature as far as the, the amount of, not the age of the people, but the, the amount of time the people have been directly involved in politics. And that certainly makes it interesting. We're always going to be changing stuff because we don't allow people to, you know, our incumbents can't stay that long. Uh-huh. And I think that definitely, you know, it makes it more interesting in in many ways, it's a good thing. In many ways, it's a bad thing. And I don't know that we can, you know, make it perfect. I, well, we can't make it perfect, but we can do the best we can. And I think that definitely our uh, legislative terms are better because we're served by people like you who, you know, are interested Aww, and can make it that's interesting. So, nice, Kevin. so, but it's true. Because well, we it, have a great crew of political reporters in the state. And I want to give shout outs to them all because they seriously are fantastic. And, um, you know, they work really hard and they know the issues and they've, they, Chuck Johnson, excuse me, Chuck Johnson and Mike Dennison have been covering this stuff longer than most of these legislators have been elected. And in some cases longer than some of them have been alive. Yeah. I mean, it's, they are fantastic (laughs) reporters and, you know, John Adams with the Tribune and of course Matt Gores with, um, the AP and the newly... And fresh blood on the table. Blood on the table? No, fresh meat in the room. Fresh meat in the room. Okay. Who's this? Dan Boyce. Oh, that's... Yeah. He's yes. the new Emily Ritter. Yes, he did take over Emily's position. Now, she went to Boise, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, all those reporters are fantastic, and they're all on Twitter, which Kevin will also link to there. Yes, we'll have links to everybody's Twitter so that you can follow them and find out what's going on, because as we get going into the year, um, obviously, it's we're just coming up on March, but... Um, our primaries are in June. I know that the, um, the Republicans and the Democrats have both scheduled their big dinners in Lewis and Clark County. Mm-hmm. They're going to be massive. Um, Huge. I heard a rumor about who the Republicans are going to have uh, coming up. Shh, be, don't tell the podcast. Could be massive. Um, I can't tell the podcast because my mother would kick me in the head. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as soon as we know and can do an announcement on that, we'll let people know. Um, but there's a ton of stuff coming up and being involved in politics is kind of your civic duty. If you want the world to be better, it's true. You got to know what's going on. So Marnay, uh, it has been a little over an hour and thank you very thank much. Thank you. It was super fun. And I totally recommend any people that, uh, are interested in politics and especially candidates should come on the show. Thank you. And that's about it. So, uh. Have a good week. And our next guest, actually, oh, I did schedule this. Our next guest is going to be Amanda Curtis. She's running for a house district out of Butte. She is also somebody I've worked with in the past um, doing football games. And she's a teacher. She teaches math. Fun. She's awesome. So that'll be our next guest. Uh, that should go up in about a week. I figured we're going to try. I'm going to try to put these out so that they come out every Friday. Um, this one will come out later tonight, probably around midnight, because I don't want to rush home and do it. <laughs> So have a great one, everyone, and we'll talk at you soon. Thanks again, Marnay. Bye-bye.